This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we are celebrating a second place finish at the Maine State Championships for the men's and women's golf teams. Plus the Bobcat cross country teams shined at the Bates Invitational and the soccer teams continued their strong starts to the year. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team fell 41-17 to at Amherst on Saturday to begin the season. The Bobcats were only down 6 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, but big plays from the Mammoths allowed the home team to pull away in the second and third quarters of action. Bates scored the final 14 points of the game, thanks to touchdown runs from junior Tyler Baum and first-year Jason Lopez. Senior Grant DeWald added a career-long 38-yard field goal as time expired in the first half. Junior Bobby D. led Bates on defense with eight tackles, including two tackles for loss. Head coach Mark Harriman recaps the season opener. Coach, the first quarter was a pretty even battle for quite a while there, but what looked like you know foreshadowing what was to come, a big play with that you know, long touchdown pass where the safety fell over, uh, allowed Amherst to get on the board, and that was kind of the theme of the night, of, of the afternoon, if you will, was big plays, it seemed like. Yeah, you know, honestly, it was probably a, a, a lack of our ability to stop their big plays and, and our lack of ability to make big plays. I mean, we moved the ball well at times offensively, um, you know, shot ourselves in the foot a bunch of times, a couple of penalties on third down uh, that put us back, actually one on first down that put us back as well, you know, and, and it just, uh, we, we need to stay on track better that way. Um, you know, I, the positives from the offensive side of the ball, we were two for two in the red zone and our third down efficiency was, was very good. And, and those are two, two of the goals that we had going into the season. So I was happy with that. We just, again, we've talked about consistency numerous times and that's, we need to be a lot more consistent on that side of the ball. Defensively, we, yeah, we just got to limit big plays. I mean, we, you know, we, we got to do a better job tackling. I think some of it's fundamentals um, that we'll work hard on this week, and some of it's just making sure I think guys need to understand, some of the young guys that are playing there need to understand where they fit in the scheme. Um, you know, anytime you get explosive players one-on-one, it can be, you know, not always a great thing for the defense, and we ended up in a couple of those situations on Saturday. And then a couple of guys got their first career touchdowns, Tyler Baum and then Jason Lopez off the bench there in the fourth quarter. I thought the option play at the goal line with Baum is how you want to draw it up every time, right? There, there's times that, that obviously it looks it looks great, and there's times that it doesn't. It, you know, it's a, it may not look it, but it's a very complicated play. You know, it starts with making the right reads and, and certainly up front guys blocking the, a, a particular area and making sure that, you know, we had a couple of run-throughs that, that get through early in the game that kind of mess everything up that way. And, and uh, so it was. It was well executed. And Tyler had, did a great job, you know, the, the entire game when he was in there both on um, both on offense and on special teams. Bomb's an interesting guy because he was a quarterback initially here, right, and then he moved to the slot back position. So what prompted that move and what are you seeing from him? Uh, his athleticism. I, I, you know, he, he's – been, uh, we've always felt he was a good athlete. I mean, that's we recruited him as a, a as a. Qu- 
quarterback, like a lot of guys. You know, Trevor Lyons was a quarterback. Yeah. Andrew Cookish was a quarterback. We've got a bunch of guys on our that play for us. That we and that's the one thing about we, you know with the offense that we we run, we're looking for athletic quarterbacks. So um, it's nice for them to be able to you know to kind of morph into a, a position player if it doesn't work out for them at quarterback. And and Tyler's really done a good job. I mean, I think he really came back. Uh, in preseason and just has has done better and better and you know they we always talk as coaches in any sport about when it when a player gets their opportunity and takes advantage of it and he certainly did that you know Frankie Frankie got dinged up and he was able to come in and and make some big plays for us oh yeah Frank took some big hits I was watching it on the stream I mean it's like Amherst was keen on him a lot yeah you know I I I think again he's been a, a marquee player for us and I think that you know people do know where he is on the field uh, how is he doing oh he's fine yeah. yeah he's fine yeah it was pretty hot out there uh, how did the team handle it the weather I think they 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 handle it you know it's it's hot on both sides of yeah. the field so uh but it was very warm it's one of the warmest you know I was talking to Mike Verville our our director of sports medicine and we're trying to remember back as we've both been here for a long time of a hotter game and I, I'm not sure we've had one especially on the turf you know that that obviously uh, cranks up the temperature a little bit more. So I thought our guys, you know, they, they hung tough. I mean, obviously it would be nice if we had, um, you know, uh, a little more conditioning at this time of the year. To, to But obviously as we get in better shape, the, the weather gets colder. So <laughs> it doesn't always equate. Well, the team, I, I, I mean, they fell behind, but they showed in the fourth quarter there that they weren't, you know, just going to lay down and back down. They, they kept fighting, didn't they? Yeah, I think they felt kind of like I did. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I said to the coaching staff yesterday on Sunday that, um, you know, we've been in closer games that I felt that we got blown out in. And, you know, I, certainly we, we did get blown out score-wise. I mean, there's no question about that. And, and But, uh, you know, if you look statistically, if you look at um, right. the ebb and flow of the game, again, take away a couple of big plays and then giving them the ball in short field position in the third quarter three or four times, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it is, it's, you know, it certainly football comes down to a, a handful of plays every game. It's just, you know, we, we need to make some of those when it, that, uh, and whether it's stopping guys defensively or, or coming up with big plays on offense. You got to put Lopez in the game a little bit there, scored his first career touchdown, his first career game. Uh, what do you see from him? I think, you know, I think there was a couple of young guys that, that did a nice job. I mean, obviously Jason was one of them. Um, Milan Lemon returned some kicks for us and, and played a little bit on the special teams. Uh, uh, Liam Spillane, a, a young linebacker, made a couple of plays on on, uh, on special teams. So there, that's a, I, I think it's a really good class. I think, you know, Milan and, and Jason are going to be very, very good players for us. Have to mention Grant DeWall, career-long 38-yard field goal there at the time expired in the second quarter. He was pretty hyped by it. I, I saw the stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Grant, Grant's done a great job. You know, he's 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 really, uh, you know, he, he's as hard a working place kicker as we've ever had here. He takes it very serious, works really hard at it. Um, you know, his his mentality now, I think he, he really he really believes in himself and and what he's doing, and and you know, he's going to have a lot of opportunities this this year. Well, yeah, I mean, it must be nice for the offense to know that they can, hey, we can get the ball to, like, the 20-yard line and we can get some points out of this. Yeah, you know, actually, I think we can stretch it back a little bit more than that. Yeah. You know, his leg strength's really improved, but I, 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 we'd like to think that, you know, anywhere out 15 to 25 or so, yeah. you know, 
Uh, might stretch it a little more after that, but it is gonna, you know, we're gonna, we got a great shot of coming away with points. All right, back to Bates weekend this weekend. You've got the home game all to yourself against uh, Trinity. Uh, what's back to Bates weekend typically like for you? Until until the game's over, it's an, it's another Saturday yeah. in in the fall. Un- unfortunately, I, I can't wait to come back when, you know, when I'm an old guy retired and <laughs> and enjoy the festivities. But uh, it's great to see. You know, obviously the parents are excited to be here to see their their kids, both athletes and non-athletes, and and then with the, the alumni thrown in there, it's you know it's certainly nice for me to see some of the guys that have, that come back that that have played uh, um, in the years past. So and it's all you know we always get a, a great crowd. Obviously, we're you know the way this year shook out, we're the only show in town. So um, you know I'm, I'm sure we'll, we will have a great crowd, and um, you know we're excited to go. I mean, it, obviously this is you know week two is not going to be any easier than week one by any stretch of the imagination. Little different team, but it, again, a very, very strong team. So, you know, we we we've got to make some hay this week, and in, in, uh, I, I think in in some areas, in some ways, more mental than than anything, as far as just our our focus and, and making sure things are really tight on game day. You watch any uh, Trinity Colby tape yet? I think they beat them, shut them out pretty good. Yeah, we yeah we we were on that tape uh, relatively early yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, again, they're a good football team. I, you know, it, we, they uh, they they are explosive offensively. Their back, I think, may be one of the best backs that I've seen in my time in the NESCAC. Um, the quarterback does a great job operating and, and can throw and. They got skilled guys around them in a big offensive line, and you know that, that put all those things together, and you're able to score points. And they've always been a really strong defensive team. So, um, you know, we we, we certainly uh, our guys understand the speed of the game now. That was you know one of the things that I, I told them, and I'll tell them again when we meet in a little bit from now. Um, that you can't we can't necessarily replicate game speed in practice I'm not sure anybody can maybe maybe Alabama but uh, you know for the most part you're not replicating game speed so we need to be able to uh, acclimate to that game speed as quickly as possible and and I'm not sure we you know with some new guys at, at certain positions especially on defense I'm not sure we did that I think we got better with it as the game went on and you know you got to hope that again week two will be the next step as far as understanding what it what it takes to you know, to, to be at that, that level of speed. The volleyball team defeated Southern Maine in their home opener on Tuesday by a score of 3-1. to one. But they fell 3 nothing at Tufts on Friday and 3-1 to one at Bowdoin on Saturday. They will look to get back on the winning track Friday when they visit Colby. The men's soccer team got its week off to a strong start with a 3-1 to one victory over the University of New England Wednesday on Garcelon Field in the Bobcats' home opener. Senior Nate Merchant scored a pair of late goals to help Bates pull away. It's just the team belief, you know, just keeping working hard and connecting passes. And luckily, a few times in their quarter of the field, it just kind of fell through. And then I sort of came and grabbed it and took it towards the goal. Well, that, your second goal, you, that was just a rocket you fired in there, huh? Yeah, it just kind of laid that right to my feet. And I said, I'm close enough, might as well just hit it. Now, they got on the board first in this game after that yellow card on Ben, and then, but you guys wasted no time, and Ben got the equalizer, so how cool was that to see him get the goal? Yeah, it was great. I mean, just, just that response from the team just shows who we are and the character that we have. You know, to go down 1-0 one, one at home in our home opener, it takes a shot to our, to our ego, you know, but just to get back out there and just keep doing what we're doing and score maybe a minute, two minutes later, it was, was yeah. huge for us, huge for us, so yeah. The Bobcats traveled to Newberry College on Saturday, 
and won yet again by a score of 3-1, moving their record to 3-0 on the season. Sophomore Austin Sansone scored his first career goal in the victory. It was the end of the game. We were up 2 uh, nothing, and they came back, and they kind of had a guy who was able to uh, play around a little, and he got one in on our net. So it was 2-1 with about 10 minutes left, and I have been told to warm up. And with about six minutes left, uh, I went in with uh, Eli, one of our other freshmen, and the goal came off a corner kick. Um, I don't remember exactly who got the uh, shot off that deflected for the corner, but Morgan Dooney, one of our juniors, swung it in. It was a little shorter. It was towards the front post where I had run, and I saw it coming in, and I kind of just saw it starting to go almost by me, and I didn't really get what you'd call, I guess, a clean hit, like in soccer, uh, off the foot, head, whatever. So I kind of just stuck out my hip out almost and got it off my leg and into the net. And it was just, I don't know, pure ecstasy, really. Team's off to a great start, 3-0 record so far. Uh, scoring a lot of goals this year must be nice to see because last year I know sometimes there were some struggles on offense. Goals are great. Yeah. <laughs> Winning's even better. So we're all really thrilled to our start, and but we're also not really going to let it go to our head. We know that we've only had one NESCAC opponent so far, and we know there's a couple, there's two coming up this weekend, two very good opponents, and that's what we're focused on. First game, Wesleyan, and then Williams after that, but one at a time. Right, well, back-to-back road matches there. Uh, as you mentioned, two tough opponents, and so um, I know you got this experience last year. How have you applied it now to this year? <laughs> you know, it's even the small things to the big things, so getting used to being on a bus for eight hours to Hamilton even. It's good for the freshmen who got to do that because they're a little more prepared. I mean, you know to bring some work with you. You know to bring something so you're comfortable so you can get some rest on the bus. You know how to prepare yourself. You know what to eat. You know how to sleep, like to get your sleep, how to hydrate effectively almost. And it's kind of just setting yourself up for success, I feel like. I mean, last year there was a little bit of a learning curve coming in. But you know what? Our seniors last year and this year are really amazing and showing the younger guys like what to do to like prepare themselves for the so they can set themselves up for success the best they can how'd you first you're from new york how'd you first learn about fades how did you decide to come up here well uh man coming out of high school i kind of knew that i wanted a small liberal arts kind of environment for my college uh and i didn't hadn't heard of Bates. um to begin with, and I started looking at a few NESCAC schools, and my club coach for soccer, actually, is an old friend of Stu, and he you know, he said, you know, I know this is the kind of college you're looking for, I think you should check out Bates, uh, one of my good buddies coaches there, and it could be a good fit for you, and he, Stu ended up coming to one of our practices, where it was actually, we scrimmaged another team in our club, where another one of my teammates in my year, Liam Goldfarb, was on the other team. And I think that's where Stu first saw both of us play, of all places, on Roosevelt Island in New York City. So it's kind of a funny place of all places to see. But after that, I told him I wanted to come up and check the school out. I came the August, in August going into my senior year, I believe. And I was just it was my first time in Maine, let alone Bates. And it was just beautiful. I couldn't believe it. Stu gave us a great, like, talk to me for, I don't know, like, almost two hours. It was amazing. And I had never had that kind of, like, attention from someone. And it really made me feel like he wanted me here. And, man, am I happy I am here. (laughs) After falling 2-0 at Babson on Saturday, the women's soccer team bounced back in convincing fashion, outshooting the University of New England 32-8 in a 2-0 victory on Sunday. Junior Olivia Amder and sophomore Riley Turcott found the back of the net in the win. Head coach Kelsey Ross was pleased with the effort. 
This has become a really fun in-state rivalry. It's a nice competitive non-conference matchup. I think today it was about redemption, sort of our word for the year. We wanted to come back to our first home game after the loss down at Babson and, and redeem ourselves. Uh, not just in the result, but in the way we played. Liv and Turcotte had the goals. Nice work by McCarns there to set up Turcotte, wasn't it? Absolutely, and Cass is a workhorse for us through the midfield. Uh, what she lacks in, in size, she makes up for in her uh, soccer IQ and her ability, again, to thread passes through defenders into those forwards is really just undeniably important for the way we're going to be successful. Returning to NESCAC play now, a couple non-conference matches, that's a good way to keep things fresh going back into NESCAC play, right? Absolutely. This doubleheader weekend is not by by chance. Yeah. So as we look ahead to next week, we'll get really excited to get back on the road uh, and hopefully take care of business at Wesleyan and then Williams. The field hockey team dropped a one nothing heartbreaker to Bowdoin in overtime on Wednesday before knocking off Maine Farmington by a count of 3 nothing on Saturday. Saturday's game celebrated the 50th year of field hockey at Bates College. Senior Caroline O'Reilly scored a goal in the win, and she appreciated the opportunity to play in front of the proud Bates alumni. It was awesome. It was really special to play in front of some more recent alums that we've played with before and also ones that date back to the beginning of the field hockey program. And it was just really incredible to get the win in front of them. Did Coach Ryder say much about like, what it means for it to be the 50th year and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, it's really special. The start of the program 50 years ago it was really incredibly successful, and so I think it's really nice to see that we're coming back to that really successful program after they set such a strong foundation for it. You are able to score a goal. Set it up for us. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, it was my, my first goal of the season, um, my fourth goal ever, so it was, I mean, it's always pretty exciting to score, but really it was just nice to get the win. It was a penalty corner, so um, we were setting up on the on the circle, and the Sam Race got the stick stop, and I got the shot in, it bounced off the goalie's pads and into the net, so... It was really good to see. I know penalty corners is something the team's been working on pretty hard, right? Yeah, definitely. And so it was nice to have a strongly executed one from start to finish from the insert from Grace Fitzgerald to the stick stop and a successful shot. Like, that's just really great to see and hopefully something that we can be continuing as the season goes on. And you mentioned, you know, it's, it's rare for you to score a goal, but that's because you're mainly focused on defense kind of in the midfield. Describe your role on the team for people who don't maybe know field hockey necessarily as well as you do. Yeah, so I'm a midfield. Um, I tend to be more of a defensive mid. So I uh, work with the defense and the other midfielders to work the ball inside to out, side to side, make sure the field's really balanced. And we try and get a strong ball into the circle for the forwards and the inners, who are also kind of like forwards, um, for them to get some strong tips around the net. So it, it's really just building the ball up. Going back to the midweek match against Bowdoin, a tough one nothing loss, but you look at the stats, I mean, Bates dominating shots. It's a fickle game, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough loss. <laughs> it's always tough to see that you really dominated a game and you, you didn't end up getting that W, but I think the stats show and what we know, like we know how we played that day and we know what we can do, and so that's really promising going into the rest of the season that we can we can not only keep up with, but really dominate a strong team like like Bowdoin, and that's really promising. Yeah, because people might look at the record like, oh, well, one and three right now, but, I mean, the three teams you face are all top 15 opponents, so that must set up well in terms of, like, you know you can compete with them, and you know you have other teams on your schedule you're probably going to beat. Yeah, I, I don't want to speak too soon, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think our record is really reflective right. of who we are as a team and how we've been playing as a team, and I think that'll only just come to show later on in the season as we build up and kind of fix, like you said, those little 
minor things that are very fixable. Once we fix those execution-like things, then we, we won't be stopped. Is it cool to have pretty much everyone back from last year? Yeah, it's really cool. And some new faces, some new first years. It's it's really fun because we've just been playing together. It's 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 awesome, really. Well, you touched on the first years. A couple of them gained significant minutes I saw out there. Um, so what have you been telling them about what it takes to succeed you know, at the college level? Yeah, well, they came in really strong. They they didn't miss a beat, really. Um, I feel like we, since we've been playing together and we didn't lose anyone, they just found their own roles on the team. It's not like they were trying to fill in any roles that didn't exist, really. So they came in and they're playing as themselves, and they fit really well into the Batesfield hockey mentality. Great. So you have thoughts on the, the win on Saturday and how it hopefully will propel the team forward? I think it's a momentum builder, and now that we have that win, um, I think that we, we will be really strong going into the rest of the season. We know what it takes to win and how to do it now, and it'll only go up from here. Bates hosts Thomas College this Wednesday at 7 o'clock on Campus Avenue Field. Now it's time to talk to our Bobcats of the Week, and this week they both come from the world of Bates Cross Country. The number 24 nationally ranked men's cross country team won the Bates Invitational on Saturday at Pineland Farms. They defeated Tufts. WPI in Southern Maine, and sophomore Justin Levine led the way, finishing in second place out of 66 men. For his performance, Levine is our male Bobcat of the Week, and he talks about his rigorous off-season training and more. I was out in Florida, and then I trained in Utah, got some elevation, altitude, came back to Florida where it was nice and hot. So this race was a very hot race, very humid, definitely ready for it, and uh, you know, we came out strong and stayed strong. Yeah, and you're from Florida originally, but you went to school for two years in Utah before coming to Bates, and you told me it's a triathlon-specific school. How's the school work? Yeah, so instead of a regular PE-type uh, system, we have uh, a class where it's two periods long instead of one, and we either go on a bike run or swim every day. Um, I was in what was called elite PE, so we'd wake up at like 5.30 in the morning, go on either a 20-mile bike ride, 7-mile trail run, or a mile swim, and we eventually trained for a half Ironman that we did in Palm Springs, California. Right, I saw that. You, you, you completed a half Ironman, right? Yeah. What was that experience like? I was great. Very long. Um, it took about, it's about 7 hours. I was 17, so that's the longest I could do. At the, at the age. <laughs> okay. Have you ever considered doing a full Ironman? Uh, definitely, yeah. when I'm older. So after all this training, a cross-country meet at Pineland Farms must be like routine for you, right? Pineland is actually, it's a very hard course. Mm. Um, definitely one of the tougher ones in NESCAC. Colby has a very strong course, but we're running NESCACs there. So it was great. Uh, we definitely perform best on our home course, even though it's difficult since we do our own workouts there. Uh, so we're really excited about um upcoming NESCACs. And how does training at elevation like you did in Utah help you? So training at elevation, definitely uh, the lung capacity. You're able to get in a lot more oxygen. Uh, same with actually the heat in Florida. Um, just running at different, uh, you know, t what one would call terrible conditions <laughs> makes you ready for anything. And thus, you know, you're ready for a hot day in Maine. Team seems to be off to a really strong start. You're, you're number 24 national ranking right now, and all that. But um, you know, I know last year you, you guys did not make nationals. But it seems like this year you guys have a pretty a lot of depth of possibility of making it. Yeah, definitely the goal, especially with the captains Zach and Ben. Uh, we've addressed the goal is definitely nationals yeah. this year to get a berth. We went down to Louisville this year. We travel <laughs> once a year. 
This year we're going up to New York in two weeks. Um, so that'll be a good chance to see where we rank um, with other teams, you know, good competitive teams in the nation. But definitely the goal is to make it to nationals. And then what's the team dynamic like? Because it's a pretty big team, you know. Yeah, we actually have a huge team this year. Um, we have 11 incoming freshmen that just joined. My sophomore class has nine. So a very large team with a youth perspective. So we're definitely going to keep getting better. Um, we have 34 runners in total. And uh, top seven will compete, top five will score at the big meets. So that's a lot of competition within the team. So how does that go? Yeah, so everyone that's on the team is definitely a dedicated runner. Um, and we all want the best for each other. So, you know, we're, we're racing against ourselves. We're racing against other teams. We're also racing with our teammates. We try to stay in packs and work together rather than against each other. Pack mentality is very important, right? Yeah, definitely. Even this past race, I stayed with uh, Captain Zach, uh, Ben, and Steve, one of the other runners. Uh, we tried to stay up as you know together in the front as long as possible before we broke off. Uh, it's just a lot easier to run together. Would you say this past weekend was the best race you've run as a collegiate athlete? Uh, yes, definitely for cross country. I had a good um, track race last year. Uh, at States Outdoors, where I had a great performance. But other than that one, definitely cross-country. This is my best. How does participating in track uh, help you in cross-country? You know, because you're active all three sports seasons. Yeah, so we definitely we run about 11 months out of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so pretty much the entire year. And track is great because it builds the speed aspect. Cross-country builds the endurance and toughness. So when you do all three, which is recommended, uh, they counter they help they help one another each sport you know kind of feeds off the next uh, you mentioned you're going to new york uh, for that one meet but most of the meets this year are right here in maine so is that cool to be, you know, be able to stay at home basically yeah it's great and like i was saying before we every year in and year out we race well at pineland mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> whether it's a you know a good thing or a bad thing um so it's definitely a home course advantage uh so it's definitely exciting we're going to be ready to race at pineland um, and the trips are just added fun. So we love our home course, but it's nice to travel. So grew up in Florida, going to boarding school in Utah. How did you hear about Bates? How did you discover Bates? Yeah, so my dad was a college runner. He ran for Brandeis. Um, they were very good back in his day, won the national championship. Um, so I knew I wanted to go to a northeast boarding school where it was, wasn't as hot and you know didn't have as much elevation as I'd run in the past. Um, and Bates, I just heard, was a great school, and I was really interested in going into a NESCAC. You reach out to Coach Fresh, or he reached out to you? Yeah, so I, it was two ways. Mostly I reached out to Coach initially, and then, um, of course, you know, he tried to see what he could do to help me out. Um, but really, I loved Bates from the start. I came, and everyone was so nice here, and it just seemed like a great fit. Senior Catherine Cook led the number 25 nationally ranked women's cross-country team to a second-place finish at the Bates Invitational just behind number 11 Tufts. Cook crossed the finish line first for her first career victory in an official collegiate cross-country race. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. I had been away for the, for the past several months. I went abroad last semester. So this was, um, it was a good way to start off the season. It's not what I was expecting, but I suppose it was a nice confidence boost. When you crossed the finish line, you probably knew you'd won at that point because you knew no one was ahead of you. Because cross country, you know, everyone spread yes, out a little yes. bit, but you probably knew, right? Yeah, well, actually, I, I was 
um, I was getting a little bit worried because, um, <laughs> well, because I was I was with people until the very last like 400, um, and I was in a state where I just didn't know where um, on the course they were. So um, I was trying to I was trying to hold the lead. I didn't know where I was in relation to the others, but it was a good it was definitely a good feeling when I finally got there. I knew that when I broke away, there wasn't anyone ahead. It was just it was just a matter of whether or not. I was going to be caught. <laughs> yeah. So you were not caught, so you got the victory. You mentioned you studied abroad. How were yeah. you able to, you know, keep keep up the focus on the training, if at all? I mean, when you're abroad, it must be tough, right? Oh my gosh, yes. So I was in Kathmandu, mm -hmm. um, which was which is beautiful and incredible, but not ideal running conditions. So when I did go, it was very in, it was very individual, and usually before sunrise. Um, very hot there, right? No, it wasn't very oh. hot. It was just very dusty. dusty okay. It was very dusty <laughs> and um, not anywhere for really pedestrians to train outside of traffic and cattle. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was, it was um, a different way of running, a different kind of motivation, I suppose, something that I just did because it made me feel good rather than working towards any kind of racing goals. So uh, when you're studying abroad, what's that, what was the experience like? I mean, Kathmandu kind of a unique place to go, right? Yes, it was incredible. Um, the reason I chose it is because I didn't think that I would make it there besides maybe what was offered as a study abroad program. And um, it, it really just opened up my world beyond the world of Bates, which is also incredible. But I don't know. It's a place that I really hope to return to, whether or not the running conditions are <laughs> are um, favorable. <laughs> sure, absolutely. The team finished second to Tufts, but it was scored differently. Yeah. For a traditional meet, you would have won by, like, what, one point? One point. So that, that must make you feel pretty good about the team's chances still moving forward. Yes, yes. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the team moving the team moving forward because um, because I think it could jinx any possibilities. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think so far the team has um, had an impressive showing, and it just really makes me excited for what the rest of the year holds. I think we have a lot of girls who are really excited to run and have a lot of talent and um, are really ready to push each other forward. You mentioned you ran, you ran with Olivia for most of the race yes. until you, you, know, you did break free and finish first. What, does the breaking free happen like organically or is that uh, at one point you're like, okay, I'm going to go for it now? It, I think honestly it just kind of happens organically. Our team very much runs as packs. Right. That's what we're good at. And really it just depends. Typically if someone has a little bit more left in the race, they, they try to go for it. So it could have just as easily been switched the other way. Like, for example, it could happen next week that a teammate of mine could have more left at the end, and they could go and they could go ahead, and I could try to and I could try to stay. But that's the great part about a team, I suppose, is that people have their moments on different days, and if someone's feeling good that day, then they can hopefully carry the other people forward. How do you see some of the younger uh, runners acclimating to the team, like the first years and everything? They seem to be acclimating really well. Everyone seems to have to be bringing their own. Um, individuality and their own um, motivations and excitements towards the team and it really reminds me that it's not it's not a team of one personality and one motivation we all it's like a it's like a funky puzzle that <laughs> that um, it makes us work in a in a weird way and I think our team is really unique and special because of that the men's and women's golf teams both finished second at the main state championships over the weekend the women finished ahead of Husson and behind Bowdoin. Meanwhile, the men finished ahead of eight other schools, including Colby and Bowdoin.
the Bobcats' best finish at the Maine State Championships in more than a decade. Sophomore Julian Lewin paced the men with an 11th-place finish out of 50 individuals, and first-year Brittany Sipe led the women's team both days. They joined the Bobcast to talk some golf and the home course advantage of Martindale Country Club. Hosting it was a very big advantage. Having known the course um, definitely helped out. Knowing the greens was a big advantage over other teams. Um, I'd say that Martindale's greens are some of the trickiest in Maine that I've played, and the coaches um, both agree. So I think that knowing them and playing them almost every single day makes a huge advantage. And Brittany, you're a first year, got to compete there, some you know, competition there against Bowden and Husson and everything. Uh, how did it go for you? Obviously, you were the low score for the team. It must have been pretty comfortable on the on the course you've been practicing on. Yeah, I mean, well, we've only had a few, few practices before the <laughs> tournament, so I didn't have that much of an advantage yeah. against my opponents. But, um, yeah, definitely knowing it a little bit helped a lot. Um, you know, I'm finally comfortable now. I've kind of adapted to the whole college life now, so I think this weekend was a lot better. Well, it was a great chance for the first years because I know Kelly had a wedding she had to go yeah. to, so she wasn't there. And one of the, you know, your senior captains, what was that like to have you know three first years and then the junior captain, Chelsea? Yeah, Kelly's a huge like right. part of our team. She's pretty much been the number one for a while now, so I feel like her being away on the for the wedding, you know, it had like we had to step up as first years and kind of like hold the team this weekend. Julian, you know, for you, uh, you had a good midweek performance as well. And so, mm -hmm. what's been really clicking for you in general? Um, I worked with Nick a little bit earlier this week, and I came off of the summer practicing a lot with my coach back home. So I think that the combination of working a lot this summer and then putting in a lot of work before the tournaments helped a lot and helped solidify my game. All right, so i got to ask you, you're from Seattle. I'm also from Seattle, so i got to ask you how you ended up across the country. <laughs> well, I went to a smaller private school um, similar to Bates for high school, and so I was very interested in continuing that tradition or whatever you'd like to say um, for college and so I had a college advisor who also went to a smaller private school and I looked at schools in the NESCAC regions like Middlebury, um, Bates and the other ones and so after I visited Bates I knew that that was the one for me and so I applied and here I am. <laughs> What did you learn last year as a first year? I mean, obviously you had a good leader there, you know, Brad and Alex as well. Yeah, Brad and Alex were very interesting people, and I think that the combination of their unique personalities made the team something very special, and obviously it's sad that they're gone, but um, their tradition continues now, and I think that it's very rooted into our team right now, and so they still live with us and inspire us to play better on the course. Great, and then um, for you, your first year from New York, so how did you come up north what, when you first hear about me? Well, I knew from the start that I wanted a small liberal arts school. I knew from this, um, since junior year that I wanted to major potentially in neuroscience and art, and I feel like a small liberal arts school would allow me to do that, so immediately I went towards the next CAC schools, and then um, in January of my senior year, I did an overnight at Bates, and I met the golf coach, and I just fell in love with the school and knew this is where I wanted to go. When did you first pick up a golf club? Um, well, I picked up a golf club at a really young age, like five or something, but I never really took it seriously until, like, you know, my freshman year of high school. Yeah. And so throughout your time in high school, were you thinking about possibly playing in college? Um, yeah, I started on the varsity golf team at my high school in seventh grade, so um, I played a lot, and my mom kept telling me, like, you know, if you, like, develop good golf skills, you can play in college, and that's always been in the back of my head.
And when did you pick up a golf club first? Um, I probably first picked up a golf club around six or seven years old when my mom wanted me to stop shouting around the house. And so she took me to the driving range where someone can't shout and stuck a club to beat a ball with my hands. And so that's how I picked it up. And then I competitively started in ninth grade starting for my varsity high school team and then an extracurricular state organization. And then um, junior year I started playing a little bit of national golf. Great, and for you know you getting this chance to play at the main state championships, what was that experience like in general in terms of the level of competition you saw out there? Um, yeah, the competition was pretty tough. Um, in high school, it wasn't as serious or anything, and you only played nine holes for one day. So um, playing 36 holes in two days was definitely a big change, and like I have to like stop getting tired after like you know 18 holes. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, the competition's hard. Bowden's a really good um, team, so. Yeah, people don't think of golf as like an endurance challenge, but it really is. No, yeah, it's yeah. actually a lot of work and carrying around a bag for, you know, five, six hours. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, probably no golf carts or anything? No, not <laughs> not at all. The course is very hilly, so yeah. you have to make sure that you're in uh, good condition before. Eat a good breakfast, have a good rest um, of the night before. So, yeah, all important. Is, is endurance definitely something that you've worked on also? Because, I mean, it is over the course of two days, as she mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, I go to the gym a little bit. I work out just to keep my body in good health for golf. But I think that the most important, I guess, working out part of golf is the core and then also making sure that your cardio levels are up so that when you're on the course and having to, I don't know, walk up these big hills and down and all that stuff, that you're able to get to the ball and not be breathing at 100 beats per minute. Do, do you look up to any, like, professional golfer or someone you model your swing after, someone you, you know, admire on, like, LPGA or the PGA? Well, I had a pro back in my hometown that I always looked up to. He helped me a lot since, like, seventh grade and stuff with my swing. So, like, I definitely look up to him. Um, I also love Jordan Spieth as a golfer. Um, Phil Mickelson, you know, they're all great. Um, but, yeah, there's no one, like, too particular in mine. Okay, do you watch a whole lot of golf? I watch a little bit of golf, yeah. I really like watching Rory McIlroy play. He's an interesting character. He's got his ups and his downs. And I think the my favorite time in watching him was when he switched sponsorships from Titleist to Nike and his big downfall. But he's managed to carry himself very well through that and put himself back near the top of the leaderboard. So that was... That was a pretty cool thing to watch. When you're watching, how often is it, oh, I could do that, or how often is it like, oh, man, what is, how how they do that? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. So <laughs> a lot of times us young golfers like to think that we're able to hit all the shots, but the predicament is that they're playing on much harder courses, much different atmosphere. The fans are piled up everywhere. That's all they see left and right. And so while you think that it's going to be easy to hit that shot, in reality it's probably not. But you never know. <laughs> All right, so for the women's team, what's that? It's Mount Holyoke, right? Yeah, Mount Holyoke. Any of the older elderclassmen told you about this course? Um, they told me it was a fun course to play on. It was a fun um, round last year, uh, but don't know too much about it. What's like going into a course blind? Um, it's definitely a little nerve-wracking. You kind of want to like get to the um, tournament a lot like ahead of time so you can work on the green, see what they're like, and go to the range, make sure your swing is all good. But, yeah. Oh. Excellent. And then, uh, Julian, you know, next for the men's team, obviously you've got the Huston Invitational, but I know you're all thinking about that CBB because you barely edged Colby. That was pretty dramatic this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> we had them by, uh, I think, one stroke that was. So 
that really goes to show that every shot on the course counts and that you can't let the humidity or the pressure or the opponents that you're playing with or even the parents or fans that are there affect you at all. You need to really make sure that you're 100% involved and focus on that shot. And you can't be thinking about, I need this score or that. I really like to go by the process and thinking that when you go up to a shot and you're approaching the ball from taking practice swings, you're thinking about the process and how the only thing that can affect your shot is your swing and your swing only. So that's the biggest thing to think of. All right, excellent. Well, Julian, Brittany, thanks so much. A pair of second-place finishes for the golf teams at the Main State Championship. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. The women's tennis team got its fall season underway over the weekend with a new event, a Wallach Invitational with only doubles matches. The Bobcats finished with an overall record of 7-5 and five over the course of two days, and the men opened their fall season this Wednesday at the Middlebury Invitational. Head coach Paul Gassengay talks all things Bates tennis. We've been wanting to add an event for the women and host an event at Bates uh, for several years now. It's just trying to find a window. Um, Middlebury moved their tournament a week later, which uh, sort of created this window. And um, it's a great opportunity. And we invited you know several schools from Colby to Babson to Wheaton and Trinity. So we got to test our doubles pairings against other teams instead of just ourselves. We only have seven players this fall because we have three uh, players abroad in Europe. And it was just a great opportunity. So we only had um, three full teams and we kind of intermixed the seventh player and we rotated around to see what our best combinations would be. And so sort of every fall, this is, you know, our approach is even if we've had set pairings in the past, you know, if they're really successful, we'll, we'll try to keep those. But then we always kind of dabble in it in practice, and this gives us an opportunity against other schools to see, you know, who's worked hard over the summer and who's developed their doubles game and, you know, maybe create a new, uh, better combination. So, Also a chance for you to see the first years in action for the first time. Uh, who, first of all, are our first years and what do you notice? Well, we've got... Uh, Crudy, who's six feet tall, and I'm really excited about. She's a great volleyer, great transition player, and you know she played some really solid doubles uh, this weekend. Hannah Sweeney is a really established junior player, who uh, just a gritty player, very strong. Uh, hasn't played a ton of doubles, but over the course of the weekend, really developed and was very coachable and got better and better uh, as the weekend went along. And then Haley Washington. Really excited about. She's got just this huge serve and big forehand, and she did some really good stuff. And you know, it was kind of fun because we got to mix the upperclassmen with the first years and sort of give them a mentor on how to play doubles. And and you know, we tried a lot of different combos, and I was very impressed uh, with the way our sophomores played as well. Um, Lauren Hernandez and. Um, Susie, who missed the whole season last year with a back injury, um, was back full force, and I was just thrilled to see the level for play. And of course, we have Maisie, who, you know, is our team leader and you know a very high level player. And and uh, yeah, so very very excited about our team this year. Doubles more of an adjustment period sometimes. Doubles is a, a totally different game, and mm -hmm. you can be a good singles player and not really get doubles. Mm -hmm. Doubles takes a mentality of, you know, like a Lauren Hernandez is just a pure athlete and wasn't 
as established as a junior player, but I saw this in her when I was recruiting her, and she is just a phenomenal doubles player. I mean, she she roams the net looking for the ball and just and knocks it down and is super aggressive and really worked hard this summer on her game to, to get to the next level. Um, so really excited about the way she's playing right now. Terrific. And then men's tennis gets underway this weekend um, at Middlebury for the Middlebury Invitational. I know there was a lot of success there last year in terms of doubles and, and, and uh, some singles players as well. But uh, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Same kind of situation. You know, we're, we're, we've done a lot of intra-squad matches um, with the men over the last week or so. And we've had opportunities to, you know, kind of get a order of the lineup and see who's improved over the summer and um so definitely you know we have some sophomores who've really worked hard and are playing some excellent ball you know which is exciting um because a couple of them dabbled in the lineup a little bit last year but they're they're playing a much higher level which is exciting um and you know give us a chance to see them in action against other players there's four draws uh a b c d so we put two players in each draw um and then doubles is two draws with two teams in each draw. So um, we'll get a chance to see where we're at, and we're going to just play some doubles today and tomorrow to figure out, you know, what our best options are for the weekend. And then, you know, we'll probably tweak it before the next event at ITA. So, you know, the, it's a it's a year-long approach, and, you know, uh, I used to look at it very differently when I first started coaching that, you know, you know, it's about a process over the year, and we're trying to improve every day. And you know, if we have to adjust things, I'm not going to lock a team in for the year just because they had a good tournament. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to do what's best for the team. You know, in terms of the, the men's team, Ben Rosen's talked about this. There's so much competition to be in the lineup in the spring, so this is going to be a great opportunity, right, for some people who may not play in the spring to get some, some competitive experience. Right, and this is what we look at: who came back ready, you know, and who did the work, and who's who's ready to perform, and who, you know improved their level because it's it has to be a year-round pursuit um to compete for a national championship which we're trying to do um you know it it takes year-round work and you know if you rest in the summer and don't do what you need to do other players are going to surpass you and you know they do it in a supportive loving way but we ask them to beat each other up and (laughs) you know that's what makes their teammates better by you know uh really bringing their best and saying, okay, now you bring your best and we'll see, you know, who survives this match today and and that pressure cooker keeps improving our level. How's Ben looking entering his senior year here? Phenomenal. Um, you can't say enough about Ben. He always does the right thing over the summer. He had an internship, and but he also found a way to play tournaments and won another silver ball. Um, and the exciting thing is he played doubles with Josh Schleiner, the, our other senior captain, and they won a bronze ball beating, you know, a couple D1 teams and some pros along the way. So um, it's exciting. I mean, you know, when your players are passionate about getting better, then they find the time to do the work. And it's it's not a task for them. It's something they love to do, and you can see it in their play. So it's it's exciting when you have a bunch of guys who and girls who just really love working and competing, and, and that's where we're at. It's a really good culture right now. So we just – we just got to put our heads down and keep working. It's we got a lot. We have a long way to go before the spring. So, all right. Well, the short but important fall season for men's and women's tennis underway. Paul Gastingay, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
next time on the Bates Bobcast. We'll tell you how the football team fares against defending NESCAC champion Trinity this back-to-Bates weekend. They host the Bantams at 1 o'clock Saturday on Garcelon Field. Meanwhile, the soccer and field hockey teams have big NESCAC matches on the road at Wesleyan and Williams. We will recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates! Bates!